my name is Eddie C, and welcome to my positive podcast. I'll bring you positive stories of people from all walks of life, because everyone has a story to tell. Well, hello, and welcome to MPP, my positive podcast, and I'm your host, Eddie C. This is actually episode 25, and we'll be talking about solitude. Now, it's been a while since I've been putting my shows out. Basically, that has a lot to do with my other activities I have as a musician and some things I do sometimes with my photography. But nevertheless, I still like doing these shows and I still like sharing the stories of my guests with you. So, and it's been a wonderful summer, quite hot, and a lot of things are happening. So it's also hard to catch some of my guests because they want to enjoy this beautiful weather. But anyway, I've got a couple of special guests for you on this episode. And one guest is going to be telling about her work as a painter and as a designer. And my other guest is going to tell you some things about the film industry. So if you're curious to hear their stories, tune in and stay positive. My name is Eddie C. And you're listening to my positive podcast. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce my first guest to you. Uh, A very interesting young lady I met not too long ago. And we were talking about art and different things in life. And I thought it would be lovely to have her on the next show. So please welcome Miss Vitalina Desbacada. How are you? (laughs) Desbacada. I'm good. I'm great. Thank you. Hi. Hi, everybody. Can you tell my listeners and me a little bit more about your background? I know a little bit about you, but my listeners don't. And something about your roots, where you're originally from, and of course, how you ended up in Antwerp, of all places. Um, I was, um, I already knew I wanted to become an artist when I was um, little. And um, I think this uh, passion comes from my uh, bloodline because my father, he was, uh, he was an artist, head of artist in the country I was born in, uh, Latvia. And, um, but uh, all my relatives, they, are, they come from Russia. So originally I'm Russian. Mm-hmm. And um, as far as I know from my death words, uh, one of my relatives, not so far relative, he was um, he was a great uh, Russian artist, but he immigrated to France and he lived and worked in Paris. And his name was uh, Konstantin Karovin. He's like world famous artist, impression impressionist. So there was no other way for me to like not to become an artist because since it's in my blood and my spirit. Okay, so it's just a part of your genes and your calling. All right. All right. Well, what bring, what brought you to uh, you know to Belgium to Antwerp? It's a great city, a city of artists, designers, and I don't know. I don't know. I'm to be honest. I don't know. I'm a little bit. Um, I believe in uh, you know fate. So maybe something was predicted because here I got my beautiful daughter. I am proud of her. She's also very artistic. Maybe somewhere in the future she will be a great artist or a great actress. 
because she has amazing skills for that. And uh, okay. yeah, it's just, I, yes. Well, how old is how old is your daughter? She's almost nine. This autumn, she's nine. Oh. You met your, your daughter's father, your husband, in when you came to yes. in here in Belgium. Yeah, in, okay. Great, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. And um, so. But I'm not married anymore. Uh, just for reference, <laughs> I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, all right, but, okay, but in the process of your uh, coming over here to do your art form, I know you, you I saw some of your work on Instagram and uh, it's quite interesting work that you're doing. Can you tell us the sort of art basic? Because it's there's a little bit of everything in there. Yeah, it's really different styles. Because uh, I'm still uh, fi- trying to find myself, trying to find my significant style, which is almost there, I guess. So yeah, I'm trying myself in a different uh, in different spheres. Mm-hmm. Well, can you point out a little bit more about that? Because I, I, I'm sure my listeners as well as I am were very interested in knowing a bit more. Okay, we know you got your, your roots or, or your genetics in the, as an artistic person. <laughs> but at a certain point, you must have decided, well, this is really what I want to do. When, how old were you when you decided to do that? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, paintings? Yeah, your paintings. Yeah, when you, decided, this, when you decided, this is what I really want to do. Well, okay, I'll tell you a story. It's not really a long story. So um, I also dreamed, I always was fascinated, fascinated by uh, beautiful clothes, dresses, fashion, fashion, uh, just fashion in general. And you can see I, I wear, it, this is a dress of my own design. Oh, wow. And, okay. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. My audience doesn't yeah. see it, but I do. It's, it's <laughs> <Yeah>. very nice. <laughs> okay. Yes, and, I'm, and I try myself as a fashion designer. I, I believe and I know I succeeded in that um, direction. And one day, my ladies who made dresses for me, my Sims dresses, they, they looked at my sketches and said, why they are so detailed? You should not give us, like, so, like, you don't need to color them. You just give us very, like, simple uh, design. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to do that, you better buy canvases, brushes, paints, and oil paints, and try who knows? Maybe it'll be something beautiful. And I, I was thinking, yeah, why not? I bought brushes, I bought canvases, so I follow their advice. But um, don't think it was something beautiful. It was just ugly. And I, I was sitting in front of white canvas, thinking like, mm-hmm. what should I draw? But because I don't know, I had no idea. Everything was too boring. And um, there was American art, American artist. Um, Georgia Kefi is a world famous artist and she's making mm-hmm. uh, she made beautiful uh, flowers and I used one of yeah I was inspired with uh, one of her works so I use it uh, for my first uh, black and white I don't know why because I knew nothing about colors right um, black and white painting I still have it it's in my be- bedroom yeah because I don't want anyone to see that it's so terrible but that's always nice too those first things to hold on to those because it always reminds you of where you are now and how far you've come, you know? Exactly, exactly. 
and I, I can see my progress. So I do not compete with um, other great artists. Um, I use them as, if I may use this word, mm -hmm. as my teachers, but I never compare myself to them because they are masters for me. But I compare myself to me three years ago. Well, we always say... So, three years ago, I started. Yeah, well, we always say, you know, your biggest competition is the person you see in the mirror. Exactly. You know. Yeah. So... Uh, it's like a song of Michael Jackson. If you want to hear the words, you better start with it. Looking at the man in the mirror. The man in the mirror, exactly. <laughs> wow. So I decided to change my words. And I, uh, I look at that man woman is that girl you can just go and do that you're very philosophical yeah by the way my dad he was i i, I don't remember if i mentioned that yeah yeah my one of my relatives he was a famous russian artist and my dad too he was the chief of uh, all artists of uh, uh, latvia it's a country i came from i was born there and um well, I want to, ah, and he didn't want me to be become an artist he prepared another career for me so I listened to my dad, and I worked in the bank for many years. Yeah, and she was a really high position. I was, uh, I was um, a vice president. Uh, yeah, yeah, but sit on like a oh, wow. whole bank, but um, investment department. But still, still, I stopped it at the age of twenty-five. Yes, and I started my own business because I didn't want to have a boss uh, who. Control. All right. yeah, I don't like being this is uh, like my spirit. <laughs> I can understand it. I was supposed to do something completely different as well. And I became a musician and became my own boss as well. So that's uh, I can I can relate to that very well. Um, let me ask you another question about your artwork. So you came to Antwerp and you decided this is where I'm going to establish myself. Of course, you met uh, the father of your, your daughter here. Decided to continue on with, you know, with life here. Also because you wanted your daughter to be educated. Exactly. I find this country is perfect for, like, for kids, for family in general. Perfect education system, medicine, education here, and just talk. All right. But, but yeah. you also have a son as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's two years older. He's two years older. Okay. But you had your son here in Antwerp as well or before you? Yes. No, 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 no. Before. 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 Okay. <laughs> you don't want to know everything. Well, <laughs> this show is about positivity and we, we like old. to know a lot about of our guests that I have on the show. So that's, that's just a little interest fact for us. Now with the artwork that you're doing, are you doing any exhibitions here in Antwerp or do you have any future plans for that? Yes, yes. Can you tell us something about that? Um, well, I'm looking, currently I'm looking for a gallery I can work with, start with. Because you know, uh, there was a perfect gallery for me and we had some agreements, but unfortunately we could not continue. Mm -hmm. So it's so I'd better forget about it. Well, there's nothing wrong with it. So you're waiting, you're busy with that. So there's definitely something that's going to happen in the future. To happen, exactly. That's wonderful. So how do you combine the time of your artwork with the children? Is that something you do when they're going to school or are you working when they're there? How does, how does that balance for you? Well, <laughs> good question. 
you know, uh, when I work, I try not to pretend, but I, I work like I have no kids. And uh, when I, as a parent, I take care of my kids like I have no work, you know? All right. Okay. And then, I, like, uh, my personal life, I, I do like I have no kids and no work. Something like that. I don't know if it works. Basically, doing your work when they're at school or if they're occupied with other things, then it gives you the space to do your own work. Yeah, they're quite independent. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're quite independent. All right. I, I was looking at. Once again, some of your work on Instagram, and I noticed you have a lot of philosophy around the work that you do, because a lot of the work that I saw you post, you have a message always to write around certain art pieces. Can you tell us some more about that? Is that something in combination with what you want to express your art or are you a philosophical minded person? Yes, that's right. <laughs> I think both. I think both. But I, I believe that um, I would love to give you a nice example, but unfortunately, um, I have no one. But uh, I believe that um, just a beautiful painting, perfect painting, perfect um, skills, it's never enough. It's very important to have um, to attract uh, spec spectators by the kind of message you want to give them. And they start thinking about it. Mm -hmm. I don't know what uh, I don't know what their thoughts will be, but my my goal is to make them think uh, over the painting. With your artwork in combination with what you say, you try to make people more aware about what's going on around them, as well as around them. Maybe uh, this is the way of communication. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the way I can talk to right. them, and um, yeah. I don't know, uh, we all have our past and maybe it's uh, how I want to tell them about my past, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. Maybe um, I, don't, I, I don't know what um, words to use or what will be interesting exactly about me, but uh, in a combination with art, I can express myself. Like, I'm not a combination, but through the art, I can express okay. myself. Okay. For instance, there was my last painting. Mm -hmm. So we were donuts. If you remember, I think you saw it. Um, I was questioning myself because it it was reminding me of something. And all of a sudden, I decided to watch an old movie, uh, Wild Orchid. Maybe you know with uh, with uh, Mickey Rourke. And there was a scene uh, on the floor when. Uh, right, I know the movie. Uh, yes. When. Uh, uh, character of Mickey Rook, he let basically rape a girl, his, uh, his future girlfriend he was in love with, and um, because he had sort of issue. And when I saw that scene, and I was thinking, like, oh my God, this is what my painting about. But I didn't use that, uh, that scene for, to inspire myself. I remember that I was a little girl, maybe like eight, ten years old, I, I watched that movie. It's something that came together. Yeah, yeah. I love uh, I love uh, movies of eighties. All right. My okay. Favorite. So I mean, that goes. That's that's mm -hmm. a movie that stayed with you from basically from your childhood. Exactly. They could play. Well, those were movies. Actually, also, I think personally, where uh, the actors and actresses they all had a uh, the, 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 let's say more personality 
and and nowadays it's more commercial right more commercial and more competition i guess and then the actors made the movies happen you know uh, not only the characters but the, the the people playing the actors there's a lot there's a lot more competition but there's also a lot that they do yeah. with special effects and lighting and so on with the, all of the new modern technology and the movies were a little bit more basic and less effects and more, let's say, drama and more uh, reality to about how to place a character. Today, it's 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 almost almost sort of like about the beautiful picture. It's, it's, the special exactly. Objects. Yeah. It's about picture and sound and how, you know, how flawless we can make it. And, and that's what I like about the old movies. They were flaws. I mean, and that. that yeah, you, you relax and when that, you watch them. And that keeps it that keeps it also down to earth, you know. Exactly. You, we spoke about your, you know, your plans to do some uh, work with the, with the exhibitions. By the way, is, is your son also busy with art or is that something that just your daughter, your, your, your son's daughter. interested in other things? <laughs> all right. Fantastic. Science. Science. It's all yeah. about science. Wow. Okay. It's all about science. Oh, yeah, well, who knows? Yeah. Maybe a future He's Nobel Peace Prize uh, <laughs> coming his way. <laughs> you never know. Maybe. <laughs> He's inspired okay. by, um, I don't wow. know, Elon Musk. That's quite interesting. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, he looks like him a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. His father. Well, and... <laughs> well, I'm, we're going to get down to our, our, our final question, of course, which is uh, our theme, and that's about solitude. And my question to you is, what does solitude, solitude not only mean to you, but what does solitude mean for you? For me, it's a, it's a really, really good question. And... Um, I don't know how to answer in just a few words, but for me, it's something very, very important, really important. I cannot live without. Uh, I believe mm -hmm. if you feel comfortable on your own, you're like a person. Because me, I, I don't need um, I don't need people around. I, I, I mean, like I need I need my friends. I, I need some people to. To communicate, to live, to share something, my feelings, mm -hmm. my ideas, just time together. But mm -hmm. for my work, to concentrate on some ideas and thoughts, and because I'm a, I'm inspiration for myself, and I need to be at peace. And solitude gives me this um, feeling. Those, those are some quite powerful words. But it's very important, really important for everyone. I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. The same way, basically, I like uh, when I'm especially being creative, I need to be on my own. I, I can't have people around, not even in the same space uh, of house, of rooms that I'm working because... Exactly. It's something irreplaceable for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what about those moments when you just want to reflect on things? I know for me and I spoken with certain friends that uh, solitude is also that moment, for example, before you decide to go to sleep at night that you can kind of like reflect on the day or 
think about what you want to do the coming day. And then that solitude of quietness can be uh, an extra cushion, you know. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your your ideas about solitude and, and, and also telling us a little bit about your life. Thank you very much for inviting and having me here. It was really, really amazing. All right. Is there some small advice you would like to give people yourself? as far as solitude is being concerned? Of course, that is my little advice. Um, just uh, live your life now and don't think that you have thousand years ahead. Not, you, life is unpredictable and you don't know if you, how much uh, time you have more, I don't know, a year, 10 years, maybe a week. So there is uh, no, room for right. things like uh, anger envy or i don't know all those bad 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 uh, emotions like forgive more love more smile more and yeah be thankful and grateful before you go to bed and uh, just say count things you're grateful for like for your kids uh, for that you're able to right. I don't know, to see, to walk, you have hands, you have arms, uh, legs, you can see, you can hear, you can feel. Most of the people, some of people, they can, they don't have those abilities, but they still, they fight to be happy. And we got those things uh, for free, but we use them as granted, which is not really right. You want to say, don't be materialistic minded. Materialistic minded, exactly. Yeah, because it's not about all about money. It's uh, money is not. It's 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 good. It's uh, you can make your life easier, but it's not what we have uh, fight for. These material things. Well, listen, Vitalina, I want to thank you again for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. And I will post any information or links on the uh, page when the uh, when we listen to this interview. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Bye-bye. This is my positive podcast with Eddie C. Well, ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is a young lady. I had the pleasure of actually meeting via on Facebook. We kind of got in contact with each other there and she's actually a filmmaker. And originally from the same town that I grew up in, Gary, Indiana. And I'd like to present my next guest to you, Miss Pamela J. Richardson. How you doing, Pam? I'm doing great. How are you? Fine, fine. There's a big time difference between us, of course, because it's like a nine hour. I'm nine hours ahead of you. Uh, it's like 10 o'clock and a little bit after 10 o'clock in the morning there and here a little bit after seven in the evening here. Right. Yeah. So, uh, well, listen, why don't you tell my audience a little bit about your background, your roots, uh, how you got into filmmaking and how did you end up in L.A.? Well, um, uh, when I was in high school, I took a drama class and I didn't want to be an actor, even though I was good at it. And um, in my class, we were allowed to submit a screenplay, not a screenplay, but a stage play. And I was one of two students who was selected to direct their screenplay. I mean, their stage play. I keep saying that because I'm a filmmaker. Right. right. Um, so, so anyway, and I realized, hey, this is my calling. This is what I really want to do. So I ended up going to USC Film School, which is one of the best in the um, 
in the country. And at the time, I was the only Black person admitted in my semester. Wow. wow. Yeah. So anyway, and then, you know, from there, it was just, you know, working your way up in the business and deciding to become independent because I wanted to do my own thing, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, were you always interested in, in filmmaking already as a, let's say, as a child? Or is there something that came in your later teen years or something like that, you know, or when you got out of high school? or Right. It came in my teen years. That's why I um, ended up going to film school. Um, yeah, when I was a kid, it was basically I just wrote poetry. But I, I thought I was destined for a business career. All and right. And in a particular direction, business-wise, you were wanted to go into at that time? Well, at the time, I just thought I would end up at some Fortune 500 company working in just like business management, something like that. Okay. But the film thing, the, the movie thing just sort of like took off. Did you, did you see a lot of movies as a child or... Yeah, I I always watched a lot of movies. And I guess one of the things that was kind of interesting is that I didn't really like TV at the time. And when I went to school, you know, and so I watched films, but I was kind of not, I was kind of critical of television, but everything has evolved now. Right. Yeah, so I started out working at production companies like Disney. Okay, so you, you worked at Disney. Uh, I, I saw something on your Facebook page. You were involved in this. Were you a part of that, or was it you were just at their presentation of uh, Dope Sick, which is about the... Uh, oh, yeah, I was just there. Yeah, because um, I'm in the business, sometimes I go to screenings. All right. That yeah. was It was a very good series. A very good series. And uh, uh, I, I, I followed the whole thing. It was quite interesting, yeah. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, because it really does sort of mimic real life to a great extent. It's very honest because it's it's on Hulu. So right, right. Well, you, I know that you're busy. You you have a film out yourself, uh, which I'm still trying to find a way to see it. I just recently changed my whole television system, so hopefully I can maybe find it now. Uh, because you sent me a couple of links to try to download it. And it was hard to see it here in this part of Europe for some reason with downloading. Uh, yeah, I did talk to my distributor about that too. And so they they need to figure out a way to rectify that. But yeah, so um, I directed and produced a documentary film. It's a cutting edge documentary film called Gold Digging for Love of Money. Mm-hmm. And it just got re-released on Tubi recently. Um, uh, it screened at Cannes at the Cannes Film Festival in 2008. So it's- All right, were you over, were you at the uh, the festival then? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, we didn't know each other at that time. (laughs) I've I've been a couple times, so yeah. Like I said, it's in my realm of business and it's one of those opportunities to meet people who we don't necessarily have access to internationally. So it's like, it's a good thing to do if you have something completed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, can you tell us a little bit about the, the movie uh, without spilling too much? I mean, of course, hopefully it's going to get attached to, I don't know, is there a possibility that it's going to be on Netflix or if it gets in, into the Disney uh, 
app or uh, one of the prime apps or anything like that, because I, I really want to see the movie. I've been trying to, I've been trying to watch it and click into it. It's hard to get hold of here. It's hard because it's on Tubi and you guys don't have Tubi there, I guess. We don't have that there. Yes. That's the problem. Oh, there's the possibility the numbers are going to tell all. And, you know, as you know, there are films that were done from the 1940s that are still showing. So I wouldn't say that it's not going to happen. We'll mm -hmm. just have to wait it out and see. But right. my distributor does have some other outlets that they want to send it to. Okay. Yeah, it would be really nice to see it because I, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty handy at my age with some of the technical stuff, you know. <laughs> I get it. So, um, yeah, so the film does feature uh, Todd Bridges. Um, you're probably familiar with him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Junior and, and other um, people, men and women, and that was the thing. My perspective is that they come from all walks of life in every social class, and in a tough right. economy, anyone with an income is a target. So, right. yeah, so that was sort of like the take that I took as opposed to just showing the cliché you know, bombshell female with a rich older man, because that's not what it is anymore. Men are, are gold diggers as well. Yeah, absolutely. You got, you have from all shapes, sizes, and genders nowadays. That's true. That's true. Um, well, what brought you on this idea of doing this movie? Um, basically being in LA and seeing that there are, I'm around so many gold diggers, for lack of a better word, um, well, and female, because everybody, you know, it's a place that attracts opportunists. Right. Because there's a lot of opportunity here. Oh, you're right, right. Yeah. But it, it's based on the whole American way of life, I think, with the compared, well, although it, in Europe, it's, it's, it's more or less starting to become more or less the same, especially now with the way social media has gone now. And Right, how it's brought, how it's made the world actually, in one way, uh, a lot, a lot smaller, but also in many ways much further apart because we've created a very individualistic society uh, in many ways. And most folks are, you know, especially you see a lot of young folks, they 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 might as well have a telephone with super glue to their hand because they can't let that thing go for any amount of hours, less long minutes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really, in my opinion, is great if you're advertising things, but it's not so great for the psyche of people. Right. Because it's like you're creating this uh, false reality. You know, you can be whoever you want. That's why shows like Catfish are so popular. You know, Catfish, right. you pretend like you're someone else. Right, and, right. You know, and so anyway, I have very mixed feelings about it, but it's useful. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me as well as a, as a musician uh, producer, I I have it in it's, it, with the podcast as well. You know, it's it's uh, social media is for me a, a a fantastic way of reaching out to people. I mean, this is how we were able to to meet and some other folks back over to coming from Gary and people here in Europe and other parts of the world. So it, it's it's been a it's a great medium for that and one of the reasons why I started this podcast in the first place was because it was during the COVID period mm -hmm. and everyone was sitting at home. And I, every time I opened up my social media folks, a lot of folks were depressed about this. They were, uh, there were a lot of lonely people 
And I thought, well, let me just do something about people that you would never really hear anything about um, on a regular basis. And so I came up with this this whole positivity concept to to talk with people, take a take a word and build on that word. And then each week have, you know, two or three people uh, on there. And okay, the show is now uh, now once a month. Because after COVID started, I started performing again. So, you know, know, in between tours and stuff, I had to find some time to do this, you know. And, um, but I mean, like I said, the social media, I have mixed feelings about it as well. Because in a way, it's very good because it's, it's been able to bring people together, families together that are separated in distances and everything. I mean, I, I have... For me, it's wonderful because I can talk with my oldest son who's living in Kentucky and the grandchildren and, you know, oh. see the great grandchild and everything. So it's it's all very, very nice to be able to do that. On the other side, I see a lot of the if I look at a lot of stuff, for example, that's on, uh, let's say, the Instagram uh, sites and stuff like that. And I see a lot of these little videos going by. There's some nice little short films that make you kind of like think where you got a lot of people that just post like everything that they do. Right. And, and, and then you get it. Then it's almost like watching commercial television where, especially like in the States where you, you see like about a, a show, which is a, maybe an hour in the whole film. And then it's like about a half an hour commercials. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know. so, but, well, yeah. Everyone's selling themselves and they're doing, that's the thing I, I guess I don't like about it. Mm-hmm. And they're doing whatever they have to do to look the part. And it's a lot of this stuff isn't healthy, but they're being rewarded by, you know, monetarily. Right. Right. Sort of hard to, especially if you don't have to actually go to a job and you can figure out a way to, you know, make pass. Well, it's not really pass. Yeah. But yeah, so that's what's going on. Yeah. Well, um, are you, do you have any new ideas and new plans you plan on, you know, working on in the future? What's your next project? Yes, actually, um, I've been writing and I'm almost done with two partners, um, a video game concept. I had never done that before, but I'm kind of on if someone says, I mean, I know I'm a really good writer. So if someone says to me, hey, I want to hire you to do this, I'll just say yes. And then I'll figure out how to do it. All right. Really that's, 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 that yeah. Gary, that's that Gary, Indiana attitude. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so that, I mean, I've been really busy and I'm also, um, I wrote a, I was hired to write a, um, it started out as a screenplay and it won several awards, but it, oh, it's wow. about a black family that um, struck oil in the in Oklahoma in the early 1900s, and oh, then wow. they, kept, they kept the oil in the family, the money and the oil, <laughs> till today. But they had to fight unscrupulous lawyers, and you know they're part of a class action lawsuit which Sunoco Oil lost, okay. but they're still fighting because they don't want to pay people. So we Is turned. It- is there going to be a movie of that? Uh, it out is that, and, and um, I won um, like about or came in second or third in maybe twelve screenwriting competitions because my client submitted them. So it was like okay, great, but it's oh. better series because it spans one hundred and fifty years. So all right, it into a series. Okay, and, so yeah. so I, I, I'll get you to write my screenplay about my life as well then. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that off in an offline. Right. Okay. And so I'm also um, in development and um, pre-production on a sci-fi film that um. Oh wow was brought in as a writer and now I'm also producing it and possibly directing it. We, we have money through the development stage, but we're looking for a partner to get the rest of the budget for, because it's not a small budget. It's a minimum $14 million. Ooh, but, that's money. Yeah. but it's very, you know, it's gotten a, a lot of folks like it, but you know, we need Disney or somebody to get yeah. behind. So that's what we're working on right now. Okay, you're doing most of your business uh, trans- transactions yourself, or you have a, a representative that's you know working for you in that on those t- you know in those lines for you, or you represented by um, a lawyer, a law firm that also produces films here in LA on both of those projects. All right, and so LA was like your that. How long have you been living in LA now? All my adult life, I, like you said, I went to college here and I never left. I never thought I'd stay past five years because I initially didn't really like L.A. And I can't, I like a lot of things about L.A., I really do. But um, eventually I know I'm probably going to leave because I don't have any um, family here anymore. Everyone left. All right. Okay. Yeah. But, um, but L.A. has a lot to offer. You know, yeah. Whether you can't be. Right. I love where I live. You know, I can hike and all those and do things that I just like to do for me. Yeah, I have a a, a very very dear friend of mine. She's she's a, an actor, and uh, and now she's working as an assistant with the uh, what's the guy's name Kevin Costner and uh, okay. and a few guys. And she's been on one of my shows as well. So you check out one of the earlier podcasts. Uh, you'll you'll find her. I'll tell you. I'll tell you about her later on. Okay. But, um, the, the other thing is, you know, of course, before we get to our last question is that, um, how do you see the music, the, the music, the, let's say the movie industry, uh, nowadays as compared to, let's say growing up as a child, um, if you compare the films from, let's say from the past to now, because for me, I, I see, let's say a lot of, uh, technical uh, things happening in the background, which kind of like, you know, it's about sound, it's about vision. Right. And, and I see a lot of very, usually if I look at a movie, I'm a movie, I'm a movie freak. So <laughs> I like movies are like, for me, like books are for other people. And so when I look at a movie right away, I can see on certain movies, okay, they wanted this Pacino, Al Pacino type. So they got an actor that's younger that looks like him or they have this particular, very much of a typecasting based on actors that have made, you know, let's say very big, ambitious successes in their lives, you know? Right. How, how, do, you, how do you see it yourself? Well, I see um, the business expanding. I think there are more opportunities for everyone. And that goes back to your question about or our discussion about social media. It's like now you can be five years old and if you can shoot a camera, you can get your stuff out there. You can put it on YouTube or TikTok or whatever. So I see more opportunities for inclusiveness. And you can see that on television right now because streaming media and there's so many streaming platforms have just created opportunities. So you don't have to necessarily go to a studio to get anything done. If you can find some investor who's willing to put up 
some money, then you can get your stuff out there. And there are tons of independent distributors that'll share the profits with you, you know. Well, it's the same as the music business. I mean, you have Spotify and 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 Tidal and all of the different, um, uh, you know, music media uh, companies that, you know, get you out. I mean, I, I release my own albums now as well without any middleman, you know, and uh, just... Okay. I put it online and also my videos. I, I do my videos with an iPhone, you know, <laughs> I make my music videos yeah. with an iPhone and that works for me. Uh, it's, it's just to get, get the stuff on there, put it on YouTube and then, and then share it on your social media. And uh, it, 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 it makes a big, it, it does make a difference. Although I'm still an old school guy. I still like as a musician to, go into a studio with a group of guys. Cause that's how I got in. That's how I grew up in the business. You know, I would, I left, I left Gary when I was 19 and, okay. and came to Holland. And uh, when I was 21, 22 years old, I started already working with a lot of the big names also from the States, you know, and some of the okay. big Dutch groups and, you know, working with the trams, working with Timmy Euro, uh, Lou Ross, all these guys that came over to Europe. I was able to, play, I was fortunate to be able to play with all these guys. And I've seen the business sort of like change. There's still a lot of very good artists out there, of course, with the development of the different styles of music now and the electronics with the computers and all it, it's, it's made it easier for everybody to be very independent. And, and in a way that's nice, and the, on the other side, I miss working in a collective because then if you still listen to radio shows and uh, on and regular radio, it's still about 75%, almost 75% of the music that we listen to on the radio that goes by is stuff that was recorded back up until, let's say, the early and mid 80s. Mm -hmm. You know, right. and, and the so-called icons you can maybe count them on one hand nowadays, but back in the day, you know, if you were, you were considered a, a superstar, if you were successful for more than five or 10 years. And nowadays it's like as an artist and the next year there's, there's this artist and it's, you know, I, I did an article about music becoming like a fast food industry, you know? Yeah. And yeah, that, that sounds that sounds about right. I'm also, by the way, directed music videos. I'm the lab. I don't, you probably know of Jeremiah. Yeah, Jeremiah. yeah, Jeremiah. One with him and um, Chef Sean. They're both out of Chicago, but I did them here, and I've done a couple things with Chef Sean. Oh, this fantastic! Oh, well, we'll we'll definitely keep in touch off cam, you know, off uh, after the show. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've some collaborations. Before. Yeah, with like. Um, but I'm not in the music business. I'm only in the, you know, I always tell people that I have enough to do. So I'm just, so I'm just the shooter. I'm just the director and producer of the, once a video is done, you know, needs to yeah. be, that's yeah. pretty when I come in, but I'm not involved in the music industry, but we always do music for, you know, different projects. Right, right. Well, well, I, you know, like I said, I, I have a, we'll, we'll talk about, like I said, that's, we'll talk about that outside of the show. Uh, some of the other things that I'm involved with and some ideas yeah. I have in my head. I've got one more question uh, to ask you before we uh, end this um, fantastic conversation. Uh, you know, my theme for this particular show is about solitude. And mm -hmm. my next question is, what does solitude not only mean to you, but for you? Okay. Wow, that's an interesting question. 
Well, solitude for me means being able to have peace within yourself and not feel like you always have to have people or, you know, around you in order to be creative, mm-hmm. to, be, to be happy. A right. lot of people can't take solitude, so to speak, and, you know, that's why they're jumping off bridges. But solitude doesn't have to necessarily mean being alone all the time or just being at peace, being alone. You should be able to have that same kind of peace even in a crowd. So that's what solitude is to me, just being happy with who I am, understanding that I'm not perfect, but just being comfortable in my own skin and my own space. Well said. Spoken by a true writer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, listen, I want to thank you for coming on the show and sharing something about, you know, your, your life. And I'm sure my listeners will also enjoy this very much and as much as I did, if not more even. So, um, and we'll definitely keep in touch with each other in the future uh, about some other joint adventures. Absolutely. I'd love to do that. Already. Well, thank you for having me. And again, you people out there, please, if you can watch Gold Digging for Love of Money on Tubi. And if I find the link, a link where I know for sure it's it's possible to download, because if I can download it, I know everybody else will be able to see it. So Right. All right. So I'll, I'll do a little investigation for you as well and get back to you on that. Okay. Oh, fantastic. Well, Pamela, thank you so much for coming on the show. And we'll definitely keep in touch in the future. For sure. And, and Gary's very proud of you, I'm sure. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> This is MPP, and I'm Eddie C. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversations with my two guests. Coming from two different worlds, two different backgrounds, but both finding some form of solitude in their lives. Now, let's take the word solitude for a moment. Just the sound of the word creates this sort of standalone kind of factor. That's quite unique because I think it has more to do with how you are as an individual in your life at that moment. So on those words, here's my quote. Solitude. We think that it has to be in a place of quietness. But it can be basically anywhere. From the room in your house to a spot in a garden or park. The moments you lay in your bed before you sleep or even awake the following morning. Ladies and gentlemen, that's about it for this episode. 
I hope you enjoyed my guest, and I'd like to thank both of them, Vitalina Despocata and Miss Pamela J. Richard, for coming on and sharing their stories with us about solitude. And remember, solitude is anywhere where you feel it and find a peace of mind. Until next time, my name is Eddie C. Please tune into our webpage and check out our possibilities to become a Patreon and to support the show. I would appreciate it very much. And there's t-shirts, there's caps that you can also eventually order so you can share your positivity out there with your friends and family. All right, take care for now. And until next time, you can find me on all platforms like Spotify, Android, and Apple. On Facebook, look for My Positive Podcast. And my website is mypositivepodcast.com. You can also contact me via my website or Facebook. A very special thanks to my technical producer, Iswan. This show is a production by Antwerp Podcast Service. My name is Eddie C. And this was MPP, My Positive Podcast. Tune in next time and stay positive. <laughs>